It's 11.30 p.m., and I'm lying in bed. I can't sleep. It's raining, it's downpouring outside, and this has been going on for hours. I begin to pray. God, please protect my neighbors down the hill in the apartment complex that is in the floodplain. Please keep the banks of the creek from breaking, but since I'm certain that, that will, they will break, please let these neighbors know that they need to get to safety. Tell them to move their cars from the parking lot. Help them and save them. The next morning, we walk down the hill and the devastation is obvious. You can see the water line on the buildings. There were at least a dozen cars destroyed by the floodwaters. They didn't hear my bedtime prayer. I heard stories of how almost entire bottom floors of their two-story townhouses were flooded and they were trapped on the upper level for hours. Emergency services had to come and rescue a man from the floodwaters. Although the area is a known flood risk, the residents were not told and they were not prepared. Years before um, I moved to my current home, I was, located, I was relocated from an apartment where I had only been for six months. I was told that that apartment was in a floodplain and FEMA gave me money to relocate. They tore down those buildings and they turned it into a park. But yet, that does not happen to the apartments down the hill. Psalm 116. I love the Lord because God hears my requests for mercy. I'll call out to God as long as I live because God listens closely to me. Death's ropes bound me. The distress of the grave found me. I came face to face with trouble and grief. So I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, please save me. What can I give back to the Lord for all the good things that God has done for me? I'll lift up the cup of salvation. I'll call on the Lord's name. I'll keep the promises I made to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. The death of the Lord's faithful is a costly loss in God's eyes. Oh yes, Lord, I am definitely your servant. I am your servant and the child of your servant. You've freed me from my chains. So I'll offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to you, and I'll call on the Lord's name. I'll keep the promises I made to the Lord in the presence of all God's people, in the courtyards of the Lord's house, which is in the center of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. My name is Heather Leonard, and I am a member here at the Southeast Raleigh Table. Um, I am also a student at uh, Duke Divinity School. 
about to graduate. Yay! <laughs> yes. So um, this semester, I've been a part of a class exploring the issue of climate change as it relates to the church. And so I came here today to ask you, where do we stand on climate change and creation justice? Where does the church stand? Where do we stand as the Southeast Raleigh Table? When I think of the Southeast Raleigh Table and all that this church means to me, I think about the work that is done here in faith, always while attending to the Word of God. We don't shy away from tough topics. Here at the Southeast Raleigh Table, we often lament acts of violence, as we just did with our prayer. And the devastating effects of these acts, especially in the communities where they occur. We talk about racialized violence because it's important to talk about. When you wake up in the morning and your Instagram feed is full of lament for yet another act of violence, these are devastating events to communities. And we feel the impact of these violence events that just keep happening. Climate violence is a slow violence. You may not see it every day, but it is happening, and it just keeps happening. As our world is unable or unwilling to take a closer look at how choices make an impact on God's creation. Years ago, here at the Southeast Raleigh Table, we made a commitment to be an anti-racist church. What does that have to do with climate change and creation justice? Well, who do you think are the people that are most likely to be affected by environmental crisis? Hop Hopkins says, you can't have climate change without sacrifice zones. You can't have sacrifice zones without disposable people. You can't have disposable people without racism. Part of the reason why people in power are not overly concerned about environmental issues is because they are not the ones that are most affected by it. I guess it is easy to think it's not a big deal. People are overreacting. Climate change is a natural process of the earth if you are not personally affected by it. Privilege, money, allows some of us to be not very affected by environmental issues. Just like white privilege allows people like me to not be very affected by racism. I can choose to not see it. But God has put it on my heart to see it and put it on my heart to care and to use my mouth to talk about it. Environmental justice and social justice go hand in hand because oppressed and suppressed groups with less power are the ones who live in the areas that are less cared for. Decisions that people in power make have very real effects on 
people living in neighborhoods and cities and countries that are overlooked and not cared for. There are people that will say, well, they should just not live in a floodplain, or they should just not live next to that, you know, environmental disaster zone. Maybe, I guess it's because of economic privilege that you don't understand, you can't see the fact that people live in these areas because they can't afford to live anywhere else. I want to be clear. The story of my neighbors down the hill in the floodplain is not a story about climate crisis or global warming. Instead, it is an example of the devastation that can occur when the plans and the developments of human beings do not fit within the bounds of nature. It is an example of the devastation that can occur when the safety and well-being of a particular group of people is generally disregarded. It is a story of displacement. And climate change is going to increase stories of displacement. Environmental justice is not new. The tension between nature and humanity is not new. And neither is it new that God cares about creation. From the very, very beginning of creation in the book of Genesis, humanity was given a responsibility to care, to care for the land and all of its inhabitants, human and non-human alike. Psalm 116 is, a series, is one of a series of psalms known as the Egyptian Hillel, which means praise. Um, the Hillel is a part of the Passover meal in which the Jewish people remember and celebrate liberation from their slavery in Egypt. The Last Supper was a Passover meal, and Jesus and his disciples they sung these hymns before Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives. I find it particularly meaningful that Jesus, in full knowledge of the events that were about to unfold, sang about liberation and justice and deliverance from death. Even when it feels like we are surrounded by death, we know Jesus conquered death. We are a resurrection people, and we know that, that death does not have the final say. The psalmist says, I love the Lord because God hears my requests for mercy. We have a merciful, loving God who hears us we have a God who listens closely to us. When we call out in distress, God hears. The psalmist responds, what can I give back to the Lord for all the good things that God has done for me? What does it mean to offer thanks to God? Gratitude or thanksgiving is not empty words. Believing in resurrection power is not an empty belief. We do not have an empty faith born and raised on the clouds of our imaginations where we will one day live with Jesus. 
Believing in resurrection power is about believing that faith is more than words, more than belief. It might even cost you something because you have to give up empty faith. You have to give up an attitude of gratitude that does not transform your life. Resurrection power is the power to transform lives, transform attitudes, expand our vision of what it means to be human. Faithfulness is more than just belief. Now, I am not talking about feeling guilty for all the ways that we do not do enough of the right things and all of the ways that we do too much of the wrong things. I could stand here and recite a list of things I've done wrong, but I don't think that's gonna help anyone. Instead, it's about understanding that we have resurrection power for a reason. Romans 8 says that creation waits for the revealing of the children of God. We have the ability to affect creation, whether for good or for bad. There are things that we do not have control over. There are decisions made at a level where we have no control that affects our environment. But if we become overwhelmed or complacent, we forget that we still have a voice. Our voice matters and our vote matters. As we have heard uh, Reverend Lisa say so many times in this season, we are an Easter people. We are a resurrection people. To be a resurrection people means to believe in and seek resurrection and restoration in our lives and in the lives of those around us. This seeking, this believing in resurrection power, this leaning into resurrection power does not and cannot stop with humanity, but it must extend to all of creation. That means we care for our own bodies we care for our neighbors, and we care for the ground on which we stand as if she were our neighbor, because she is. We know we are not alone in our efforts to care for God's creation. Psalm 116 gives us a pattern. We remember how God has come through for us in the past, how God has made a way out of no way, and we think forward to how God will make a way again. We give thanks to God for all that God has done for us and we respond. We respond by lifting up the cup of salvation. We respond by continuing to call on the name of the Lord. And we respond by keeping the promises we made to God. We remain faithful to God in what we can do and we remember that God is always faithful in the much that only God can do. So we do not become complacent, but neither do we despair. And just like the song that we sang, we can be assured that God never lost a battle and God never will. So let us continue to call on the name of God in times of distress and never forget the vulnerable. Amen.